0: Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Israelnewstalkradio.com It's been a long time since we've been together. Um, And so much is going on. So much I've wanted to share. And we happen to be listening together, whether live or on podcast, at the time of my 26th Yom HaMah 26th Independence Day here in the holy land of Israel. I just returned from a very long visit to America. And I knew that when I booked, booked this trip in the waning days of masks and madness, that I had to come back. I had to come back for what can only be referred to as our second set. Of holy days, because despite the oftentimes harsh reality of living in Israel, and I wish it weren't hard, uh, harsh, the modern Israeli calendar allows us an annual reminder of why we live here, of why we stay, and indeed, the cost of it all. On today's show. We're primarily going to focus in on the just completed last night before the fireworks. We finished what we call the Yom Hazikaron, our Memorial Day, our Memorial Day, which is not filled with sales and picnics and days off and partying and chatting. It's a somber day and a somber time, and the somberness of the day that indeed affects every Israeli household, whether or not they buried a loved one, bursts into a celebration of the price and the reward of living in this holy land. My friend, we may have a woo-woo moment or more, but when we come back, let's celebrate, let's love, and let's join hands together. Um, I'm just looking outside of my Jerusalem window and realizing, realizing, suddenly calm enough to know how much I miss being home, my home for 27 years. So, um, so first of all, we forgot to get our little romper room uh, moment. So let me say, wow! Is it was late at night, early in the morning? Our listeners in the U.S. and Canada, these are all listening in live. I know so many listen on the podcast. It's a lot of fun to know that. But Bokhitoveh Eretz Israel Chag Sameach Chag Sameach. Okay, Belgium is with us. I was in your airport just recently. Um, Nigeria. Good morning, Nigeria. Brazil is with us today. China. We haven't seen you guys in a while. Germany is with us. It was like recently I was in I was in Vienna. All right. I know Vienna is Austria, but you know it's a neighbor. And listening in is also our friend from the Russian Federation. So, as I said, I was so good morning. Welcome all who are up, either up or haven't gone to bed yet. (laughs) TGIF over in these uh, TGIT in Eretz Israel. Okay. So, as I said, I was away for a long time and I've missed you. Really, um, it was like a void. I remember I tried to do a show the first night I landed in America. And when I opened up the mic and the producer at our holy station, Israel News Talk Radio, began to speak with me, I went, I could not do the show. And then it kind of went downhill from there. But just as our nation is celebrating her presence, so am I. Anyway, friends, it has been a very, very rough trip with regard to, without details, we don't want to get messy, and certainly not TMI, but it has been a very rough trip with regard to my family, with regard to decisions, discoveries, and a lot of unforeseen realities, things that I have to deal with in the future, near or far as a member of the sandwich generation. It was indeed a difficult trip. Um, I found it very, very hard to go back to work upon my return and resume the patterns of my precious well-lived life here in Eretz Israel. Where was my light heart? The laughter I experience every day. I was finding it very, very difficult to reconnect on so many levels. And I was giving it some thought. I'd love to know your thoughts. Write to me, Andrea at Israel News Love getting your notes. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, but I know in Israel they've dropped the mandated mask law that we had to be wearing masks. I left a masked Israel, and I returned to an unmasked Israel. And I began to think about the purpose, the purpose of wearing these masks. And I thought that with this abrupt cancellation, it's been making me feel very shaky, vulnerable. I certainly, like so many who bought into the fear, I was visibly frightened. But you know, with the demands of parenting, working, grandmothering, and even wifing, there's been very little time to actually consider what, quote, unmasking might mean. Rest assured, when I get close to an answer, I will let you know. Stay tuned. Wonderful saying in Yiddish. I hope my German listeners can understand it. Und Mensch lacht und Gott lacht. Forgive the accent. Man tries, but God laughs. Despite many hours in bed after my return, certain that I was sick with the dreaded sea, recuperating from illnesses and sadnesses I couldn't name, I had to get up because, surprise, surprise, I was unexpectedly invited to the rehearsal for this year's annual Yom Ha'atzma'ut, memorize that, write it down three times fast, Uh, that's Independence Day celebrations on par hertzel in jerusalem did i want to go i loathe crowds i haven't been too doing well i haven't been doing too well with individual people in general There was laundry to do fingernails needed polishing articles to read i have closets to organize i was so wrong We arrived early, and I expected very strict security, but I was amazingly surprised with this festival atmosphere. I even brought a notebook. I said, oh, I'm going to take notes for the show. You know what? I couldn't because I was too busy singing. I was too busy crying with joy, waving my flag and wrapping arms around strangers. The only struggle I faced was how I could share this how i can impart it how i can bore into the heads and hearts of jews in the diaspora the absolute magic and spiritual joy that swept through the arena as we celebrated the glory of the state of israel and you know another secret i frequently feel like an outsider here because of my accent Hard to believe, right, that I would have an accent in Hebrew. And my minority status as an Ashkenaziah in a prevalently North African society. I must tell you, the magnificent tapestry of Am Yisrael in Eretz Yisrael was on full display for all to see and celebrate. Oh, my gosh. I never really saw myself as an overtly patriotic person. The flags coming out and seeing members of our various arms of the military, the police force. When you don't hear about terrorist attacks in Israel, it is not because our enemies are taking a day off. It's because there are so many who have our backs, who are working behind the scenes. We're celebrating enough? Not enough. Because last night I attended the finishing ceremonies for Yom Hazikaron Memorial Day and the opening ceremonies for, indeed, Yom Ha'atzma'ut in Ramat Beit Shemesh, where my newest Olim grandchildren are. What does it feel like? Nine months ago, they got off the plane, four little boys and two parents, and the children did not know one word of Hebrew. And last night, dressed in blue and white, they carried flags, they danced in choreographed uniform and sang our haunting, Hatikva national anthem in unison with countless heroic neighbors, mostly new immigrants themselves who have tied their tomorrows, both fate and fortune, to the only Jewish nation on earth. We munched on falafels, we danced to with abandon. I drove back to Jerusalem, both teary and stunned that the seeds of my father's passionate Zionism, my blessed father, may he rest in peace, has borne fruit in the state of Israel. My friends, there are experiences that are Jew-ish. Bagels and Locke, Catskill comedy, Seinfeld. And then there are experiences that are reserved for Jews wrapped in a godly cloak that is beyond description so today, when the show is over, I'll clean the house a little bit, not too much, and I'll prepare for going to in a barbecue where we'll sing Israeli songs. and tonight we'll come home spent, reflective, trying to hold on to perhaps a secular spiritualism that pops up as summer unfolds, reminding us of that hideous cost Of not having nation and the humbling price of indeed being blessed with our eternally eternally bequeathed nation of Israel remember a Jew in the Holocaust for him there was no way out no surrender no conversion no hiding ultimately and so like my friend Elan Adler posted recently. I'd rather live in an imperfect Israel than even the most perfect exile. So don't say never again and live your life as though the words are enough. Because without action, without personal sacrifice, these words are, at best, meaningless. And at worst, vapid. Delusional and even immoral, because every one of us has been given one life to physicalize the depth and breadth of our principles. Before we go to our break, I want to just read the words of the Klausenberger Rebbe, who went through the camps. And he once told someone there's one thing I miss about the Holocaust. When we went on the death march, we were clean-shaven and our hair was shaved off too, all of us. We marched side by side, and no one knew that the person next to them was a chosid or a litvak. No one knew I was a rebbe. We all just held our arms around each other and tried to keep warm try to keep our fellow Jews warm. That's what I miss from the Holocaust. Let us never experience another Holocaust and let us wrap our arms around one another and keep each other warm. See you on Wednesday. Amen. So join me, Steve Miller. And me, Matt Zucker. For Lighting Up every Monday morning at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 5 p.m. Israel. Only on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. And we're back. Andrea pull up Pullover, on Israel, com. Okay, um, I'm trying not to make this crazy. You know, I think I haven't been on this show for three weeks, four weeks, something like this. And they have like stacks and stacks of materials and printed out shows. And and yet it feels borderline obscene to speak about anything other than, than this small period we are Um, so the other night, let's see, today is Thursday morning in Israel, Wednesday, so it must have been Tuesday night, I had the great merit to see on television, and first of all, I saw it all in Hebrew, so you have to be very, I want a round of applause, That I actually understood some of it, but, um, our president, Isaac Herzog, who really is doing, doing, doing our nation proud, I have to tell you, he spoke at the ceremony, at the Kotel Hamaravi, the western wall, right? And one of the statements he made that kind of jumped out at me, which I just wanted to share with you, and I heard it in Hebrew, so I hope that this translation is accurate. But he talks about, he says, quote, our sons and daughters who fell in defense of our state fought together and fell together. They did not ask, nor did anyone ask them, who was right wing and who was left wing? Who was religious? Who was secular? Who was Jewish, and who was not Jewish? They fell as Israelis defending Israel. In cemeteries, arguments fall silent between the headstones. Not a sound. A silence that demands that we fulfill together their single dying wish. The resurrection of Israel, the building of Israel, united, consolidated, responsible for each other, where we are all sisters and brothers. Uh, President Herzog, um, he acknowledged that there have been a lot of terror attacks lately, and this station certainly covers it in the most, the most cogent manner of any uh, of any outlet I have seen. And President Herzog responds to this fate of abject terrorism. He says, even today our enemies rise against us with hateful terror. And as always, they find us ready and determined with one hand holding a weapon and the other extended in dialogue and peace. It is precisely in these heartbreaking moments, escorting our heroes and heroines on their final journeys, together with their beloved families, this pain instantly becomes our own precisely in these moments we discover the sheer power of our wonderful and marvelous nation a nation that knows how to overcome any obstacle that's the end of the quote and i add may we not be further tested. okay so Wanted to share a thought. I actually wrote this and published it, although I do extrapolate because I bore myself sometimes. Okay, I wrote an article recently, and I call it "Gobsmacked and Gleeful." I love that word, "gobsmacked." Only when I became friends with—I didn't know anybody from England. I, I don't think I knew anybody from England. Not American. You know, they say someone who speaks three languages is trilingual; two languages is bilingual; one language is American. Anyway. Uh, That's a joke. It's a joke. Lighten up. Anyway, um, we're gobsmacked. really kind of said, you know, you want to hit your hand, your forehead. Gobsmacked. So a few months ago, Israel was named the ninth happiest country in the world. I know that in this house, that was really quite the yuck. We couldn't get over it. In a publication called, I kid you not, the World Happiness Report. This is a very highly touted publication of the UN... Sustainable Development Solutions Network. Once again, your hardworking tax dollars at work. Happy Israelis. Can Israelis actually be pointed to almost as chipper as the Finns and Norwegians. Better life satisfaction than New Zealanders. Like the joke of a waiter approaching a table of Jewish women and asking, "Is anything all right?" Complaining in Israel is a national pastime. We complain about everything, from politics, weather, religion, lack of religion, economy, tourists, no tourists, recalcitrant youth, and, of course, our ever-present standby called, who hates us today? We parse it. But still, my husband and I, as we age, not really age, but the elixir of youth. But we have been the recipients, I kid you not, of cutting edge health care that anywhere else would have sent us to the poorhouse. Because in addition to new hips and knees, regular, regular scans and other treatments, Israelis are the first in the world to be inoculated against myriad diseases. Jews, Arabs, other residents, other residents, Choices among world-class medical institutions, and how much does our health, uh, our healthcare cost? Close to free, and if one chooses to pay privately, heavy subsidies by one of the respective four or five national health services. Children up to age eighteen are eligible for free routine dental care, low-cost orthodontic, and inexpensive higher education. Why? Because children in Israel are precious. Children in Israel represent the future. For Jews to have a future, we must celebrate children. So as I continue my It's Time to Make Aliyah uh, Treatise, I want to add, abundant sunshine is predictable in our corner of the world. Even our daily prayers contain an eternal weather report, pretty much guaranteeing adequate rainfall from the end of Sukkot until the beginning of Passover. Israel's weather allows months of al fresco dining. I said al <laughs> fresco dining, beach parties, balmy days for camping or caravanning. In my case, or hiking. Our locally grown produce, it spills over in the bins, in the open air stalls. And even, I promise you, the most slothful Israeli ingests more fiber than his Western counterpart. Our modest tables, and they're modest, our homes are small, grown under the weight of fresh falafel, hummus, chopped salads sprinkled with mint and other herbs, thick yogurts, sweating goat cheeses. Just another repast in laid back, sun drenched Israel. I must tell the truth. How expensive is it to live here? Poor oh boy! Even Tevya the milkman said to God, I realize it is no shame to be poor, but it's no great honor either. Still, struggling financially is part of the rhythm here, and everyone seems to manage. Obscenely expensive cities and only short drives from developing and affordable periphery towns that pepper our landscape. I'm often looking at these real estate ads thinking, I think I would do very nicely on a Moshav here or a small village here. We are a nation that continues to absorb huge numbers of immigrants each year. And these affordable communities, although slow to develop, are based on shared values, ethnicity, adherence to one or another manner of religious observance. We don't starve in Israel, and you don't have to take my word for it. We look out for one another. We volunteer. Far, in far greater numbers percentage-wise than our population, we donate and we obsess over the success of our neighbors in ways that reflect both Torah values and indeed a kibbutz mentality that pioneering spirit of early zionism is still strong we don't have parades on memorial day we still remember as victims of unprovoked wars and unrelenting terrorism we don't need pomp cemetery paths filled with mommies and daddies who festoon marble gravestones of their children who died so that Jews never again march into ovens at the behest of those who loathe us. And as the sun sets on another agonizing Yom Zikaron, the night sky erupts with fireworks and peals of revelry in gratitude to the aforementioned heroes who died, ensuring continued existence of the only Jewish nation on earth. We dress in blue and white and stream flags from our balconies and car antennas. We are united, celebrating a miracle in the desert called Israel. And even though we have few natural resources, this tiny country has emerged as a world leader in the fields of medicine, veganism, finance, lgbtq xyz concerns academia technology literature and more yeah not too shabby for a country that is only 74 years old and the size of New Jersey and so along with anybody listening in I say happy birthday Israel and watch out Scandinavia we are catching up my name is Andrea Simento, and when I come back when we come back we're gonna talk a little bit about this week's Torah portion and what it has to do with the holidays we are celebrating see you on the other side And we're back. Andrea Simcoe, pull up a chair on Israel News Talk Radio.com. Um, I feel that like I sound tired today. I think I'm a little bit tired. It doesn't mean that I'm not as kept up, inspired, and so happy to be behind the mic and, and sharing some of these thoughts today. Um, Rabbi Beryl Wine, when speaking about both Yom HaAtzma'ut and the Parsha, which we will get to in a bit, Tell a story of Yosef Mendelevich. You know, if you think that there are no heroes today, the heroes don't look like heroes in Israel. They generally don't look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, maybe there's one or two, <laughs> or certainly not today's Arnold Schwarzenegger, but the old uh, or, or Sylvester Stallone, the old Rambo guys. But Yosef Mendelevich is a uh, he's a very famous prisoner of Zion. Do your homework. Dr. Kadesh, excuse me. But he helped bring down the evil empire of Soviet communism and atheism. But he told this wonderful story. He was not religious at all, but of course he was singled out and imprisoned for being a Jew who wanted to emigrate from behind the impenetrable iron curtain to the land of Israel. And um, he decided to wear a kippah, a yarmulke, while in prison. So he cut out a piece of Cloth from his very flimsy prison garb. I can't imagine that he was well dressed to begin with. And he placed it on his head. And the prison, the prisoner warden ordered him to remove the cloth from his head, and he refused. Um, he said it's a violation of prisoner clothing res- re- regulations. And he they hold him before the KGB commander of the prison, and who also ordered him to remove the kepa from his head again. Mendelevich refused. The KGB captain drew his revolver from his holster and he pointed it at his head and then gave him an order. And Mendeleevich persisted in his refusal. But the KGB captain now thought that perhaps his superiors in Moscow would not approve of this shooting, a notoriously famous prisoner for refusing to uncover his head. So he was kind of confused and embarrassed And he reholstered his pistol and placed his head down on his desk. Distraught, embarrassed, he asked Mendeleevich, are you not afraid of death? And Yosef Mendeleevich's response was, I want to live and leave here. I don't want you to shoot me. But there was a fundamental difference between you and me regarding the fear of death. I believe death comes from the same hand that has given me life and therefore I do not allow it to overly terrify me. You think that death comes from the hand of comrade and therefore you are terrorized by its very contemplation. My friends, it's an amazing experience to understand that the way one lives one's life, can, even in the short span of the 70, 80, 90, 120 years that we are given, allows us to see a new generation beginning from the fruits of our values, all coming from the same hand that gave us life, from that Lord who disposes life, death, joy, Sadness, hope, and indeed faith. By realizing this truism of Jewish teaching, the emotions of a Yom Hazikaron, remembering those who paid the ultimate price, can be made more meaningful and important when juxtaposed to the rewards that we merit to receive. You know, Jewish history is just replete with glorious triumphs and abject really unprecedented defeats. Jerusalem Jerusalem destroyed, rebuilt, destroyed, rebuilt. A constant theme in the story of the Jews. The resilience of Jews, not those who are Jewish, but Jews. Of the world is one of the most insane wonders of human history our ability to absorb full swings of emotion almost defines that Jew what is it traceable to perhaps indeed the realization that it all comes from that same hand there really is a guide to our lives and historic events a blueprint of Jewish existence, if you will. King Solomon, Shlomo Hamelech, in the book of Kohelet, teaches us a generation leaves and a generation arrives, and the earth remains forever. The past generation leaves according to the will of the Creator, for the new generation arrives also according to God's will. No, it's not an accident. Of copper, the earth also remains forever, again, according to God's will. Everything comes from that same hand. And therefore, the events of life, indeed, they're mysterious and sometimes enormously difficult and inexplicable, somehow are more bearable because of realizing the realization sorry of who's in charge. You know, I think that this is reflected the agonizing range of emotions. You can't help but think about the families who want to hold on a little longer, stay just a few more minutes as this, at the cemetery as the sun sets. And suddenly the young people begin to fill the streets and the amplifiers are tuned up and the music starts. And those parents too, most often, raise their heads and look to the heavens beyond the fireworks and along with those of us who have not been intimately affected by the sad events that mean, that result in Yomazikaron, they join hands and dance along with us. Understanding this gives a greater meaning to both days. You know, on a separate note, as we finish the program, I'm reminded curiously, I had a beloved member of my family who, when I became observant, um, we would, he would see us celebrating our holidays, going to synagogue, my my ex-husband going to synagogue three times a day on Shabbos, Yantif would be six times, nine times, all the time. And he would say, what? You're going to shul again? You prayed already. You davened already. You know, in this week's Parsha, Emor, Parsha, the the Torah portion, Emor in Israel, the review of the yearly holidays, um, is 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 discussed. So this type of review also appears in a number of different places in our holy Torah. Now the reasons, there are, commentators have a lot of ideas. I mean, like what are we learning again about? Um, um, what are we? You know, what are we again learning about Pesach? Again learning about Sukkot? Again, again Shavuot? So the holiday of Pesach and the commemoration of our Yitziat Mitzrayim, our exodus from Egypt, Egyptian bondage, certainly after Pesach expression, in our mind, the holiday of Sukkot was a daily event in the lives of the earlier Israelis, living as they did in our tent, underneath heavy clouds in Sinai. The agricultural nature of Sukkot, the ingathering of the summer produce and the shavuos, which we're about to enjoy, the harvest of the spring and winter crop, they weren't yet relevant to that generation in the Midbar, in the desert, a generation that would not live to see the land of Israel inhabited by the people of Israel. But the description, regardless of the holiday cycle, comes to teach Israelis that our cycles are eternal, independent of, ge- of geographic reality, not subject to the actual circumstances of life and locality present in the Jewish world. You know, we've lost power. We've lost our homeland. We've lost sovereignty. But all of that actually makes our holidays and days more intense, more valuable. for the Jewish people, faith and the Torah have survived for millennia without nationhood, homeland, and with the absence of any vestige of political power. One of the main reasons for this near miraculous ability to survive and even thrive has been the proper religious observance of the holidays of the Jewish calendar year. You know, the very repetitions of our holidays that appear in the Torah, and again, has to do with this week's portion serve to remind us the fact that our spiritual existence is what indeed keeps us cleaved to our God. As a consequence of our return to our ancient homeland, the agricultural nature of the holiday now exists once more. In itself, this confirms the timeless quality that the holidays of the Jewish year represent. In closing, what I want you to bring to your Shabbos table, a final thought from Rabbi Levi Yitzchak of Berdichev. A man is not truly compassionate until his joy at his neighbor's good fortune is as great as his compassion at his neighbor's misfortune. Shabbat Shalom from Jerusalem. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel, plus little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook